Zach Servideo here with Boston Speaks Up, and I'm here with Salem, Massachusetts Mayor Kim Driscoll. Kim, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. TGIF. TGIF indeed. I was just I was just telling Kim that I recently moved into my home, and my wife and I feel like this past week was two weeks worth of discoveries in the new home. Totally know how you're feeling. As, and I did yeah. move into a new home and it's feeling like two weeks worth of discovery this week. Yeah, that's what you'll get when you buy a home that's 110 years old. Yet. I love historic homes. Yes, yeah, so so do we. That's why we've been, we had been looking in the area for a while and you had just asked yeah, me where? where we rooted. And we actually, for the past year, we had been renting in Winthrop and looking specifically in the North Shore, pretty hyper specifically in Salem and Beverly. Um, missed out on many homes in Salem, uh, and just recently uh, closed and moved into a house on Essex Essex Street in Beverly. Okay, great. Yeah. I know that street. So right, yeah, right between Cabot and Dane Street Beach. Which is fantastic. The fact yeah. that you can be in downtown Beverly and see the ocean from certain corridors is great. Yeah. And um, and we always think of, say, I worked in Beverly for a number of years, so I always think of the North Shore as being super collegial. Like, we're in each other's backyards yeah. all the time. Yeah. You work one place, you live someplace else, you eat one place, you yeah. know, you travel through someplace else. So yeah. I think it's... Um, I think the North Shore thinks of themselves as Greater Salem. <laughs> I believe I believe that's true. I actually just had an interesting lift ride over here because my, my wife and I are a one-car family, and I tend to ride my bike or sort of lift around. And, uh, and I was lazy today. I should have rode my bike. But it was nice because I had to have a nice conversation with Sergio, who runs the Little League in Beverly, and he moved his family a year ago from Revere to the area. And he was going on and on about how much he loves the community of Salem and Beverly and how it's much richer with um, just with community. And and he just kind of harped on that and how much, you know, how much happier his kids are and how happy they are with with the move. There's a thing about the North Shore where, like I said, you're just familiar with those places and. I think we're all rooting for each other, right? Yeah. Like we want a strong Beverly, a strong downtown Lynn, a strong Peabody. And, yeah. and um, I mean, I know all the leaders there. It's very collegial at that level too. And it, it feels like there's less of a competition and more of a, hey, how'd you do that? How do we do that together? Yeah. Which is, it's kind of, I think, fascinating because one, we're all cities that are small to medium size. So when you start thinking collectively about our region, you know, it really matters that we're, we're trying to get aligned in certain areas. So yeah. That's good. Right on. I, I can tell you from afar, a group of us uh, Bostonians that made our way out to Los Angeles, because there's a, several of us in, in my peer group, we all had, had identified specifically Salem as the place we wanted to move to. Sweet. We're out in L.A. and we're considering, all right, we're coming back to Boston. We're not going to live in the city. There's the immediate, the, the immediate sort of boroughs that sort of surround the city, some of which are interesting. I've lived in Somerville, I've done the Somerville-Cambridge thing, looking for a little more community, something that's still train access, uh, accessible. Long and the short is two of our best friends that lived out in L.A., uh, just about as long as us. They actually bought on Buffum Street. Great. Nice old historic yeah. home, and, and they love it. And so we're only a few miles from them. We just happen to be over the border in exactly. Beverly. And... Uh, We've just all been really happily um, surprised and just impressed with the vibrancy, which is one of the things you said about the, in your one word answers, like the vibrant is is a word that comes to mind to describe sort of the area and you can walk to many places and even when it was colder, it's been kind of cold, but people are out walking in the streets, they're on their bikes and it's just, it feels like you're in a self-contained urban environment 
this is it. This is a real hub. Here. Yeah, I think the livability and the what people are looking for when they say that is is sort of changed over the last several years. That you want these great public spaces and activities that are going on, and you're not the only one um, sitting in a coffee shop or out in a public space. And Salem is really, I think as a community paid attention to that throughout the years, like our urban renewal plan in the eighties laid the groundwork for these terrific public spaces and trying to keep them up and invest in them and have them have something happening, right? Have these programs that um, you can experience, whether you are just walking downtown because you live here or whether you're a visitor, you know, this mish, this mishmash of the people who are here um, for us, you know, creates that livability and is just trying to support the infrastructure and, and the environment to for it to be curated right like uh, Salem has this amazing ethos that I went to, I didn't grow up here I went to college here and just fell in love with this place like this rich history but this ability to have people from different income levels and backgrounds and cultures and speaking different languages all in eight square miles um, is, is really where I wanted to raise my family and I think it contributes to who we are today and now we're, it's good to see the vitality sure. right on my wife and I very much appreciate the range of uh, demographics that exist in this area. We feel like that's very important to the young daughter, the young human that we're we're raising in this world. And I actually want to go back into time because there was a discrepancy here. I almost want to fix this on, on Wikipedia later. Wikipedia informed me falsely that you were born in Salem, Massachusetts, but you were not. I was born in Hawaii. I'm a Navy brat, so that is, close to Salem, Massachusetts. Not right. Yeah, no. That is amazing. That is really. Um, that's really interesting. And your and your father is from Trinidad. My mother's from Trinidad. Your mother's from yeah. Trinidad. So okay. um, my mom's from Trinidad and West Indies, and so we have this blended culture family. My father is actually was. Uh, born and raised in Lynn next door, okay. but was pretty much like joined the Navy when he was 18 and did a ton of traveling. And um, that's how he met my mom. And so that's how we all got here. Did they meet in Hawaii? They met in Trinidad. No. They met in Trinidad. Well, either Trinidad or Grenada. He mm-hmm. was, you know, he was on how to port a call mm-hmm. or somewhere in there. And that's how they initially met and continued to see each other. And what a, what a yeah. global romance I know, it, it right? was. So what? So where were you living when you settled on Salem State? Because you came to Salem State in the eighties, Florida. So okay. I went to high school in Florida, and great place to like you know grow up when you're young. I was a huge um, tomboy that moved into a high school athlete, so played a lot of sports, lots of outdoor activities, um, and really decided that I loved Florida, but like wanted a change of pace and like wanted to see the seasons and experience something a little bit different and uh, my dad was actually living in Lynn at the time and so I came up here and um, I ended up going to the library at Salem State for to work on something and said you know this is kind of an interesting place and they had a very competitive women's hoop team Mm. and so um, ended up ended up coming that's really cool so you're so I, one of the questions I asked you, what was your first dream job? You said basketball. So you were like six, seven years before the WNBA started. Oh God, so you just right? missed it. Like you could have I been playing like with my, Rebecca Lobo. My first love was basketball. I'm such a such a gym rat. Played all the time. Like just Same think here. it's the best sport ever. And I used to like, up until maybe a couple of years ago, you'd always find a pair of high tops in the back sure. of my car. Because, you know, if there's a good pickup game, yeah. I might have to join What's in. What's your brand? 
Converse, Converse all the way. I always yeah. have the Converse. They're That's hard amazing. to find now. So well, now they're like not the ones you find. They're not basketball. Exactly. Shoes. Like, these don't support my yeah. ankles. Right. This is this this is the fashion Converse, not the real legit Converse. Exactly. Right? That look like space shoes at the time. Yeah. Right? As uh, as Nike and New Balance yeah. and Adidas are all gobbling up market. They're there. The, Even these three quarter, like a real high top yeah. is a high top, and they have these. Different versions now. Yeah. So, yeah, I was when I was growing up in Methuen. I would in the winter. I would sh- and I was on a dead end street, so it wasn't that that uh, highly traveled a street. I would shovel out the the snow on the street even before a plow would come because plows wouldn't come that often and play in the winter. That's right. just how much I just love to just shoot hoops. It really is. And play like games a, in your own head. Oh my gosh! I can't yeah. go in until I hit thirty in a row. Like of course, you know, all well, of it. Yeah. Be out there at nine thirty at night trying to get. 30 in a row. Yeah. So. My parents like, you missed dinner. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. So you, you came to Salem State. When yep. when did you graduate? 89, 1989. And when was it that you started? Like, what did you do at that point? Had you started to get an itch for uh, sort of civic duty? You know, I was really fortunate as a, as a college student to have an internship in the city of Salem's planning department. So I had an opportunity to just better understand what what local government was about. And the planning department at the time, and maybe even, even still today, um, was this mix of they did some grant writing, they did community development, they did economic development, they managed projects. And it was, I'll never forget, it was the place when they would let the switchboard operator know, look, if you don't know where to send anybody, if they're asking for something, send it to the planning department, right? And we'll, we'll sort through where they might need to go. So they did a lot of different things and it just gave me a window into urban planning and um, how you can make a difference in the lives of people who live in a community with these projects and programs and activities. So I really cool. felt fortunate. Cool. Yeah. And I saw at one point, so my dad grew up in Chelsea. Oh. And I saw at one point he went to Chelsea. And so you, as you may know, because you went in, it seems like at a time to help just bolster yeah. Chelsea's public school system up and, and more broadly the, the community. My dad had four brothers. The two oldest went to Chelsea High. And by the time my father and my, his youngest brother were about ready to go to Chelsea High, my grandfather and grandmother were like, well, we don't have a lot of money, but we can't send you to Chelsea High. And they sent them to Pope John. Pope John, the other option, right? And now recently I've been back and I have a studio in East Boston with a film company. And and actually they have an amazing intern program from Chelsea High. And I'm meeting all these fantastic 16, 17-year-olds from Chelsea High. And I'm like, wow, like this, it seems like there's there's a real vibrancy and and it's it's an eclectic mix of of types of students that that come in the the doors. But I know Chelsea's gone through an interesting... um, several you know several decades but what what was your role there and and what were some of the challenges you met that sort of equipped you for what you're doing now in Salem I love Chelsea I think all roads lead through Chelsea I've had so (laughs) such positive experiences there as a um, local official um, hired after they came out of receivership so when Chelsea went into receivership you know had some struggles with um, both um, I, I would just say a government that wasn't as focused on looking out for the people who lived there. And so there was some corruption and just institutionalized bad practices Mm -hmm. that led to receivership. I was hired to be their chief legal counsel when they came out of receivership. So um, I had a chance to work with the first city manager, Guy Sanigate. At the time, Jay Ash was the planning director. He's a former secretary of housing and economic development, worked with Andrew Mailer, who was doing the finance director there. He is now the state comptroller. Like there was a, a real rich 
um, commitment of people who were who were working in the city and in seriously like an innovative way because Chelsea had all these mayors and now at the time BU was running the schools, Boston University was really? running their public schools for oh, decades, right? That. And then I actually went to BU. I didn't realize yeah, they ran, ran yeah. Chelsea. Uh, when John Silver was there, he had a sp- connection yeah. with um, with the, the former mayor that led to I, I think it was twenty years um, worth of. Wow. Uh, you know, sort of stepping in to play a lead management role there mm-hmm. and setting up some foundations for some of the success you're talking about now and right. seeing with these students. Right. And um, so the legal work that I was doing there was in-house counsel and trying to get folks normed around what it meant to have a city manager as opposed to a mayor and working on projects and programs and labor negotiations and um, at a time when Chelsea was just trying to really blossom. They had a big urban renewal project going on. Now where we see all the hotels when you're driving down Route yeah. 1. They were building new schools. They hadn't built new schools in something like 95 years. So they were investing in new buildings. There was a real push. Jay was really leading the economic development charge, um, even beyond urban renewal. Like, where are those other areas where we can get... You're, you're right next door to Boston. How do yeah. we you know, absorb some of that, whether it's through the airport or other places? And let, let the waterfront, like the Chelsea waterfront, was dotted with a lot of industrial uses. And is there a way to leverage both some public access and to think about other potential uses down the road yeah. uh, for those. And those things are all like we're born and are now coming to fruition yeah. or, or are happening. And um, um, it was a place for me that was exciting to work in because we had lots of smart people around the table and pretty formative in, in terms of thinking about how to structure local government and what you can do, the difference you can make. Um, and in a community that wasn't as engaged, like I'll, I'll never forget we had of public hearing on water rates. And I think MWRA was doing a big project, so we had to water rates had to jump up to pay for this big trunk sewer relief project, something that was going on. Mm-hmm. And so rates were going up significantly, you know, double digit increase, percentage increase. We held a public hearing and like nobody showed up. Not one person. Like we could have doubled what we were talking about and just mm. said to me there like engagement really matters like we with the community yeah, yeah now so we were playing this sort of loco parenti role of yeah. like all right we need to make sure we're 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 looking out for um what's happening there now i think that's really changed that was early on i do think um there's there's young engaged counselors that i know in chelsea that are elected and school committee members and bu's not running the schools anymore and like there's a lot of um engagement now but then there wasn't right and you can see the difference in terms of it's organic people are picking up the mantle and you know building in some create the creatives are there and when there are challenges, you're hearing about it from folks who were there. And there were always, I mean, I think of Gladys Vega and um, the Human Services Collaborative. There were always really strong, solid people stepping up. Mm. And I think now there's just more of them. So it's Chelsea's a huge success story, in my opinion. That's cool. I like how you said, like, uh, like everything goes through Chelsea. Like, because it's there, historically, there's been challenges there. But some of the best people I've come to meet in life are those that take on, like, the big, meaty challenges. Yeah. So that's when you kind of get to rub shoulders with people that you can admire, that you admire and you learn from. Agreed. Agreed. So, so fast forward for me into you coming back to uh, Salem and how you got involved with local politics here. So I was always living in Salem, even though I was working in Chelsea and um, I had reached out to the city manager about the idea of running for city council in Salem. I lived here and there were some issues on the council at the time of just it felt like Salem was taking two steps forward and one step back. We never could get aligned and the relationships between the council and the mayor were always at odds. And it just didn't feel like we were all beating to a similar drum. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I'm thinking about running for council. What do you think? And he said, I think it's great, right? So I was fortunate to get elected. So I was a ward counselor for two terms in Salem, living in South Salem, right by the college, our first house, mm-hmm. and um, really enjoyed um, that work and, you know, trying to better understand how I could contribute to make Salem a place that I think is more livable and more vibrant. Um, but I also realized there's only so much you can do as a counselor. If you really want to influence yeah. a place, you, you probably need to be in the CEO spot, mm-hmm. either a city manager or a mayor or taking on a larger role. So sure. I got off the council to sort of think about running for mayor and, you know, if that was something I wanted to do. And, um, then ran a couple years later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how long has it been that you've been there? I'm in my 14th year. 14 years of bliss. That's um, amazing. It feels like four some days, and other days it feels like 40. But uh, every day I'm excited to get up and come to work. It is such a pleasure and an honor to like solve problems. You know, like that's what we do, and to think about both the everyday things. Right, we gotta make sure services are delivered. We're always looking to deliver them better. Like how do we get better continuously learning on how we how we approach problem solving here and having a culture in City Hall for that. And then like what are the big like breakout visionary things and whether it's taking back the waterfront and thinking about our cruise port and those 45 acres around the power plant and what they can be or you know, big downtown projects, um, the courthouse reuse or there's just, there's always something meaty to work on, which, yeah. is, which is great. That's cool. Well, for, for a while, I just had appreciated the vibrancy of the downtown. And as I was more and more um, narrowing in on moving to the area, some of the initiatives that you're working on, that you're a big steward of, like Artist Row and Inno North. Inno North really strikes a chord with me because I work in technology mm. and consult with, with media technology companies and appreciate co-working spaces and sort of uh, just, innov- you know, the what happens when you bring when you facilitate sort of a innovation hub in a in an area where a lot of people are concentrated and and certainly the area we're sitting in right now city hall is right in the hub of downtown salem um so i want to double click on both of those initiatives but maybe starting with you know north i'm curious how that came about and i know you mentioned sort of longer term if you were to sum up one word as to where it's going you want to go regional you want it to sort of expand to the region which which um, which maybe you can double click into as well. But tell me a little bit about yeah. Inno North started and, and sure. what your plans are with that. You know, we're really fortunate that we have people who live in our community who step up. And so uh, we've got talent here that we're always trying to find, whether it's a board or a commission or someone to help us, you know, solve a problem. And in this particular instance, Justin Miller lived in Salem, young guy in, I think he was in digital marketing at the mm-hmm. time. He said, I think there's opportunities here for us to think about Salem as more of a tech hub. Like it's, of course, we're not, you know, we're not Kendall Square, right? But there's right. a lot of people who work in the ear, the space of tech. And I'm, I'm using that really broadly. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great if we could find ways to get people together, whether it's for social or for professional, um, you know, prof- opportunities to, to sort of professionally get together. Um, let's figure out a space to do that. So that's where Inno North was born. We sort of talked about this idea and Justin's such a doer. He said, well, we can set this up and we can take a lead at that. And we worked with our economic development team here and started really putting out some tent poles around if you're in the tech industry and you live here or you're in the tech industry and you work here, like let's get together and have some interesting panels. We'll have some beers or some, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have some beers and drinks, right? Because those are always crowd good. pleasers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very important crowd pleasers. But we also want to talk about what might be happening in the innovation world. And it really took off because 
people said, it's so great to have a discussion like this in the place where I live, or I live next, I live next door, mm-hmm. or I work here, and I'm trying to find more talent. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who live here who may not want to make that commute in. So yeah. it was pretty, there was pretty clear there was like this thirst for it that yeah. was not being met until it was formed. So I got to give my tip my hat to Justin, though. He really was kind of the, the, the strength behind, like when we say just do it, he really put a lot of uh, love the do just do it on his shoulders that's great well i'm raising my hand to to join justin and and yourself in the initiative right. I've, I've interacted with him a little bit and I actually have a buddy of mine a uh, really good friend of mine i'll be talking to on the podcast who's started a business called fresh truck oh yeah which, you know the rolling yeah. farmers market. yeah yep. josh trot uh, he's he went to school with justin and speaks highly of him as well so we'll all have to um, just continue to, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like minds will continue to attract and, and, and things will naturally, naturally yeah, and I grow. Think we want to continue to have those opportunities to grow together. And also to, from a city's perspective, like it's, we're definitely selfish in that. Yeah. We want to find a group therapy session, right. For folks <laughs> who are in tech, but we also want people to come together and think of Salem as a place where they could raise their business. Right. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities here. And I think people were surprised the first time, like, wow, there's a lot of people who are in tech, right. As we look around and we yeah. had great panelists who would come up and talk and talk about what they're doing. And so the, the light bulbs were going off on the connection front. We need to figure out how to leverage that and provide like, okay, what could, what could really be helpful for you yeah. now? And other pieces are coming. We've got the collaborative workspace and more of those are, yeah. are, are here and growing. So, yeah, it was, so I listened to, I love that you podcast and that you have, um, FYI Salem. Yeah. And yeah. I listened to the one you did with work bar. Yeah. Those and, guys are great. And th- was that part of like, was that, did that come sort of after Inno North, yes. and was that part of Inno we've North? We've been helped courting spark- Work Bar. If you listen, like yeah, we've been yeah, courting yeah. them for a while. It's like yeah. you guys have to be yeah. here. We need that kind of space um, if we want to get to the next level. Sure. Like we have a lot of people doing their Work Bar style yeah. uh, efforts in coffee shops, which oh, are yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> but when every once in a while, you need to get to that next level of something beyond mm-hmm. um, the double latte drinker next to you. And yeah. So we had really good discussions with Work Bar, and I think. Um, they've seen what could happen here and we're, we're psyched that they build out the space, you know, good, good marriage with a building owner and want to continue to see that grow and thrive and other ways that we can support um, the tech industry. And that for me, I think is whether it's space needs, mm-hmm. um, is it about housing? Is it about who yeah. wants to drive in to Boston or, or Cambridge? And, yeah. and we're, a, we're a much more affordable, you know, option. Now the access to talent pool, I think is, for us, an area that we're trying to better understand how we can help support that in yeah. the time when there's a boom economy going on and there are way more, yeah. you know, jobs looking for people than people looking for jobs. Um, yeah. it, that's it's an extra challenge, but we're hopeful that we can continue to bring people together. That's yeah. the goal. That's great. Take it, take us where yeah. it takes us. You know, I'm very grateful for your time. So I'd be remiss not to run two sort of business development sort of ideas by yeah. you, sort of tied to the innovation district here. One is I have a buddy at. Fidelity, who I've been going quarterly, they've been doing these really interesting bits and brews meetups at the Fidelity headquarters in Boston, sort of about the blockchain and crypto asset class. And it's where there's actual fire in cryptography and blockchain. There's there's all this these sort of ICO scams that came and went in the market. But there's Boston has actually uh, become quite a hotbed for um, for blockchain technology. I actually, just had a podcast with Galen Moore, who used to be the editor-in-chief of American Inno and, and Boston Business Journal to talk a bit about this. But when I've been going to these events, everyone's from Middleton, Beverly, Salem, um, Marblehead, et cetera. Right. And one of the things that 
my buddy, who I won't say his name because I don't know if, if I can talk about this tied to him. So maybe this, this <laughs> hypothetically uh, speaking, yeah, hypo- <laughs> hypothetically speaking, um, Fidelity is interested more and more in creating collaborative co-working spaces hmm. and they're potentially in the right building in, in an area like this, they're trying to make it so that they're, cause they already allow a lot of their employees on the North shore to work from home right. here in like a day a week here yeah, and there. Yeah. And I've met several of Mark's friends that live in the area and they have a ton of people who live on the North shore. They have right. so many people. Right. So I know they're interested in one of the things that he's working on is helping reinvent to the space that is like, what is a fidelity, um, brick and mortar space Mm -hmm. and making Mm -hmm. it more of a work bar and less of a banking institution. So that to me is interesting because the underwriting of that is quite obvious and the advantages to fidelity from a marketing brand awareness standpoint and to its employee base makes sense. But then to the community of Salem also makes a lot of sense. So I see as time goes on more and more, sort of the corporate social responsibility of these major mega businesses in particular, like headquartered in Boston to create, like to be, to connect to the hub of the North shore and to connect the hub on the 128 belt to the city through these sort of spaces yeah. where people can convene, can co-work, can have events at night. So it seems to me there's probably some connective, more than connective tissue, actually probably some, programs to develop together. I mean, it would be great if we could get um, the corporations that have the capacity to pay those big rents in Boston that are driving the Kendall Kendall Square Mm -hmm. or the Seaport District Mm -hmm. to think about what's the line out um, so that maybe that's the hub, but there's these spokes more regionally, especially in places Mm -hmm. where, one, you're just great bang for your buck, right? Way more affordable in terms of putting that together. And two, the presence creates the ripple effect up here in a place Mm -hmm. that it may not have the same ripple effect in Boston or Cambridge. And thinking about how that they get value out of that, whether it's because we we want to have more of a brick and mortar presence, a place like Fidelity to get people in, um, but it doesn't, we don't want to make it feel like a bank. Um, Super interesting to think about, hey, you can have your Fidelity set up. Our employees can get there when we need them to do something on site. Mm -hmm. Um, And, it's got this other mission during the evening hours where it's contributing to synergy uh, among different groups, right? Yeah. It's a community space that can be used for lectures or culture building or uh, professional development for their staff, yeah. uh, you know, a whole rich array of resources. That to me is a game changer for yeah. places like us because we're used to attracting the smaller kind of up and coming or I grew up in the area and I started my business here. So I need some square footage yeah. and, and I, I think um, there is a change going on. Yeah. You know, eventually they're having people work from home. Is are people really going to do that commute? I mean, yeah. well, you know what they do? That. They they come down to Salem and Beverly, and they go and they meet up at coffee shops right. together. Because right. I've met up with them yeah. just over the month that I've right. been living in the area. Yep. So it's it's and it's you'd really much <laughs> rather do that than yeah, right, yeah. Than, than so, just be home all yeah, day. Right. You need that. Uh, you need that collegiality somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that I would love to talk with your yeah. friend hypothetically mm-hmm. um, yeah. about those opportunities here because I I really feel like um, there's a win win in it for I mean Fidelity's done actually a, a lot. Their their principles have been um, really strong advocates at the PBD Essex Museum, and I think. They, um, I think, see value in rich cultural institutions here. And if you can pair that with uh, the community need, you could really be game changers in places that 
um, are these middle economies. Like Salem's a gateway city. Um, there are several gateway cities throughout Massachusetts, and these these they were the hub, right? Where they they're the mm-hmm. hub of the North Shore, so to speak, but. Um, it's not because Parker Brothers is here or GT Sylvania or these old manufacturing plants and facilities. It's a different type of hub now mm. and, and getting um, getting some synergy with, with something like a Fidelity or any of those mm-hmm. larger outfits. It's a game changer. Yeah. So. Cool. And then the second one. All right. Number hub, two. I like it. Hub Week. Hub Week. What's your relationship with Brendan Ryan? I know him really okay. well because he worked for Governor Patrick. Yeah. I got that through that, yeah. through that pipeline. But we have not really... Um, tapped into the potential there and mm. we should um, because I mean talk about taking something from the ground up he really has it's such a small team right. I interviewed him a few episodes ago okay and I should reach it's out maybe been him, a few yeah. months now and we I, we talked a bit about this and I mean you have a direct line to him definitely talk to him like he's grown a little bit but with just such a small team like maybe it's I mean it's less than 10 and he's I even said he's not trying to like make hub week smaller he's just trying to be smarter though he's so well created the sort of crowdsourced um partner environment that there's almost when the hub week happens in the fall there's almost too many events at one time right and so his big thing is well maybe we can start doing like a monthly series and one of the things we talked about like at the time i was talking to him in our studio in east boston okay i was like yeah you you know he's like this would be a cool location for east boston i'm like yeah we need to find the right location for the north shore he's like exactly and then the merrimack valley and going out a little bit because one of the things that i'm big on and he's big on and i think we all are is there is a bit of a disconnect like i'll also get in a lift ride with a young man or woman and this has happened to me that's in their 20s didn't go didn't go to college not that they need to but young, youngest of seven, working to help their family make ends meet, interested in tech, mm. feels like Boston's on the other side of the country and they have no shot at like an innovation job. Yep. And for, for someone like me coming back who brought himself into and, and had all these fortunate times where mentors helped me out. Like I want to, like I know I want to give back, and it seems like I just keep meeting people that want to kind of give back and create connective right. tissue to the suburbs with the hub right. and create the hub and spoke mm. you mentioned. Mm. And there's many spokes, and so Hub Week is clearly the hub and spoke sort of yeah. um, lifeblood. And it seems to me, and and certainly with this monthly series that Brendan has in mind, seems to me that that's that Salem should be one of the marquee hubs. Yeah that hosts one of those monthly events where we bring in the community here, but we also bring in leaders from other communities and we figure out yeah. the, these interconnected programs. So we start building tissue, sure to Boston, but maybe in other directions right. too, to 128, to Merrimack Valley. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the thing that would be so exciting about that is it would also grow Hub Week, right? Because there's yeah. plenty of people in Boston and Cambridge and, uh, and outside of that, right, who know about Hub Week or, you know, go every year. There's plenty of people who have no clue when you say Hub Week. Exactly. What are you talking about, right? And it's like 60,000 people I attend know. this. It's and they come from out of, the, out of the country, right. even, they come no, here. No, it's global, right? But people don't know about it in Methuen. Correct. They don't know about it. In, in so it would grow <laughs> their brand and hopefully recognize that there is this um, ability to not only connect with what's going on out here, but to support what you're doing back there in a way that yeah. uh, most people aren't aware of. So, you know, it would grow the pie for, for all. I'm going to yeah. reach out to them. All right. That's cool. two light bulbs now. All that right. I, uh, cool. Th- these are the connections that you've made that yeah. will hopefully, 
hopefully help us think about from a tech perspective yeah. how we can not only grow our economy but grow our community right on so, I, yeah i appreciate that i've yeah. stoked your fire in yes. a couple directions yeah. and consider me a helpful steward in any of that too as things progress you're not getting out of it that all right, right on I'm, right? I'm, right. i am you're in. i am but a, a phone call a text a dm away i think we what? first connected over twitter did, which you did. are you were excellent on twitter thank god for twitter right? thank god for twitter i've met amazing friends on Twitter. I've met people I've hired on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, just so many, when I first moved to Los Angeles, my first two friends I met on Twitter and separately, and then it turns out they worked in the same office and they were friends. Like, it's interesting. It's when made you, the world small. Right? If you get in the right, <laughs> if you get in the right lane on Twitter, it can be a cool place to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we are starting to run short on time. And one of the other things I want to talk about, and this is one of the things that uh, my friends that I mentioned that moved back from LA to Buffum Street, um, my friend Jamie in particular, she's she's more of an artist. She does she creates a lot of things with her hands. Okay. She's she introduced us to and is very fascinated with what you've been doing with Artist Row. Right. And just curious, like describe Artist Row to this Boston Speaks Up community and also just where things are going there. Yeah, sure. Artist Row is located in the heart of downtown Salem. It's a city-owned property that enables us to support and foster innovation and creativity among up-and-coming entrepreneurs, particularly in the creative field. So it does have um, a very well-known local watering hole and restaurant, um, the Lobster Shanty, that kind of anchors one end. But it's essentially a, a small-sized permanent I don't want to call them permanent booths because that feels like it's um, diminishing their value. It's a village that's yeah. created that allows um, individuals to rent space very affordably for a season and or a few seasons, uh, allow them to market their craft. So we have folks there who do wood turning and make amazing products um, using wood. We have creatives who um, are in every field imaginable um, that, that set up shop and are able to sell their products in an affordable way. And uh, we hope also making a lot of their products there. So if you were a visitor or a resident who lives here, there's always something going on in Artist Row. We like to have programming down there from part of the responsibility of being a tenant in, in the village is sharing what you do outside of um, the space where you are. Um, so we have Salem Arts Week kicking off the first weekend in June. They'll play a prominent role there. There's um, a public art commission. We're really fortunate to have a dedicated group of volunteers, a full-time public art planner. And we're really trying to support our our innovation and creative economy, not just in the tech area, mm -hmm. but frankly in, yeah. in creative arts. And um, we've got so much talent here. This provides a space to kind of show that off. Yeah, that's amazing. I what you're doing here in Salem with Artist Row is almost a blueprint and it's a platform that is also something you can gift to other communities and say, here's, I mean, cause there's, there's a lot of meandering downtowns just even on some, in some cases on the North shore, mm -hmm. but just and beyond that would really benefit from just the types of programs that is an Artist Row yeah. because it like the tons of creatives from a wide range. It's a very horizontal Con, you know, concept and lane to be in, to be a creative. You can, you can be an artist in many ways. Yeah. Um, and so it seems to me that it, hopefully getting the word out more too about a program like Artist Row just helps inspire other communities yeah. to do similar things. So I think that's another area where you guys are, where Salem's really a, a leader. Well, and the call for public art, and it really just brings together, I think, people who um, see themselves uh, in a way that allows them to support our community, but also 
um, showcase their talents. Like I'm amazed what people do. Like, oh, this is what I do by day, right? I do this other thing in an office, but I had this this creative calling and this is the outlet for it. Um, and mm-hmm. plenty of people who are supporting themselves and working full time who are able to um, use that that talent to um, put food on their own table. But it's I've, I've loved the collection of people that it's brought together in our community who were, I think are always here, but just didn't have a place to kind of blossom. Mm-hmm. And so not only Artists Row, but the Salem Arts Association and the Public Art Planning Commission. And we've, we're trying to figure out how to um, support that even more. Like, mm-hmm. how can we put some resources behind it to leverage the talent that we have here in, in you know, an even mm-hmm. larger way? So good Great. stuff for sure. Great. Last topic, yeah. and I want to bring it up because it's the last question I always ask, and I'm so happy that this is 13 episodes in. My lucky number is 13, so you're lucky number 13. Right. Yay! That was my basketball number. Was it? Oh yeah. man, um, 33, Larry Bird. Right okay. on, That's Larry Legend. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, I feel like he was secretly rooting for the Celtics, even though he's a Pacers. He had to be. Right? You can't not. He never he gets upset much. when the Celtics yeah. win. I don't think so. Uh, climate biggest issue the world is facing is climate. Salem's done made some amazing strides yeah. at itself. It's it's something. It's refreshing that it seems it seems everyone I run into. It, it's certainly people in in, in uh, chief executive roles like yourself mm-hmm. understand it. Obviously, in aggregate across the across the country and even broadly across the world, like we have some education and work to do. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> What, what's going on just at a, a, a you know at a micro level in Salem because mm-hmm. we're talking about climate vis-a-vis the entire world yeah. and um, and just yeah speak freely about climate yeah I mean I think it's you know just such an a daunting issue in many respects and I feel like we're so playing catch up as a world right and certainly as the United States um, I'm heartened by the fact that as a coastal community we're taking it seriously here we've done a lot of planning we've got vulnerability plans we have an idea of where um, the areas that we need to focus on the most, what we need to do more of is getting to the actual doing. And the doing is, you know, we're not going to build our seawall our way out of this issue. It's changing behavior. It's putting all these different aspects of the work together. Some of it is going to be construction and, and seawalls mm-hmm. and things like that. Some of that's going to be adaptability, recognizing that there are areas that are going to flood and how are we planning for that, mm-hmm. right? And some of that has got to be behavioral change because we've just got to play catch up on, mm-hmm. you know, how we treat the planet. And for us, it's trying to be better stewards around use of cars. I love it when you say we're a one car family, like Mm -hmm. our North star in Salem is, can we get to a place where you can live in Salem and not need a car? Mm -hmm. Um, And right now certain neighborhoods could say that, but not enough. And how do we think about that from a land use policy perspective? So you can walk to a grocery store or the things that you are going to need. And how do we provide those alternatives, whether it's bikes or scooters, things that people see sort of in front of them or community car sharing programs, more Mm -hmm. models that allow us to help support as a community, community car shares in outskirts of areas that aren't as um, close or connected and shuttle services. We've got a feasibility study that we've completed and we're working towards implementation on a shuttle that will feed into the city of Beverly. So we've got great Great. north, south. You can get into Boston pretty well. But if you have to go to coming center, like it's not as easy (laughs) or um, other places regionally that we know people work. So we're trying to work again, that collegiality on the North Shore and looking at an intra-city shuttle system, but also how would I connect that to Beverly using the train stations as sort of that old, uh, their own hub and spoke system. Um, so there's a lot of work underway in planning and trying to find resources. 
and trying to focus on it. But I, I still feel like we're, it's like an elephant, right? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Mm-hmm. It's going to take you a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's what our approach is, but it's yeah. so critical. I, yeah. I always feel like we just can't do enough, yeah. you know? So it's yeah. cool. Well, the, the electric scooters are an interesting yeah. option here. Yeah, are you pro scooter or not pro scooter? I am pro scooter. I lived right. in Venice beach and oh, I've seen yeah. scooters thrive and I understand the climate there is more suited for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they started scooters in Brookline. It doesn't right. make sense to me. The infra- <laughs> I know the infrastructure there. I went to BU it's, and I know the community there and it, there's, there's, I know it's there's a strong backlash against it. Um, I I can see scooters working really well, and I've seen them work really well in communities such as this. I mean, if you have good bike lanes, yep. you can yep. have a good scooter system. And there's a there's actually a company that my business is consulting with right now that's just patented a, a helmet mechanism hmm. for scooters because I think one of the big issues with ride sharing is the safety of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And you have people that maybe don't ride as frequently that get on a bike or a scooter, they're visiting a city. So I think that is an issue. But longer term, I see like the the quarter mile transportation, mm. like that last you know, like yeah. we talk about a lot that it just helps eliminate people needing to be in cars. Yeah, the whole sweat free ride opportunity, yeah. right? That you can hop on, especially the college and the college community. Um yeah. so for us, we're hoping to pilot a scooter program scooter okay. program this year. And trying to set the expectations for that, so we're not. Um, it's not going to. It's not going to be for everybody, yeah. right? And we yeah. still do have old streets that yeah. were sort of built for horse and buggy. Yeah. So we want it to happen safely and and not yeah. um, not have scooters littering sidewalks and some of the issues that yeah. people have seen in other communities. But we're hopeful if we're smart about it, we have to provide options. It yeah. can't just be one person in one car all the time. Right on. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, when you get to that point, if you're struggling with whatever, whatever scooter company you're talking to. I got a scooter company. All right. Yeah. We're probably yeah. going to end up partnering with Zagster just because they, cool. they're, up, they're local. I, yeah, yeah. They're already yeah, doing yeah. the bikes. We'd like to yeah. use the hub. Yeah. Um, nice. But I think they're partnering with everybody yeah. else. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Right. And I see the bikes down here. Yeah. And that, that, that's yeah. great. Yeah. They're being well used. We've yeah. doubled the number of bike rides um, in the last couple of years. So people are it's amazing. You know, but the infrastructure yeah. is key. Really yeah. good point. You, yeah. you got to have the protected yeah. bike lanes and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Kim, this has been amazing. Yeah, I love this, Zach. This is so much fun. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to sharing this with the Boston Speaks Up community. Well, I really appreciate you reaching out and beyond um, the podcast. It's just a pleasure to meet you. And I know we're not done with this. We've got other to-do lists for us to work on together. We've got a few action items. Now you're in the North Shore, too. (laughs) Very grateful for your time today and looking looking forward to the future. Thank you. Same here. Take care. All right. Cheers, Boston.